Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Uh, Kieran, I'd love to be able to mention uh, the Palace result the other night, but uh, letting a bit of light into the magic. We're recording this <laughs> just seconds after we recorded the actual pod. This is another of our extra interview pods brought to you on a Friday morning. Um, West Brom are a team that we've talked about a little bit too much recently, Kieran. And just like tipping point, the the, the two PPs or whatever they call it has cascaded down a couple of shells and, and it, everyone's slightly worried that there might be a big fall coming up. We hope not. And one person trying to make sure that doesn't happen is Alastair Jones, who's the founder of West Brom fan group Action for Albion. Alastair, before we start to talk about Action for Albion, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been a baggy. Okay, yeah, well, I was born in 1977. Uh, my name, uh, Alistair, comes from the get the name of the man of the match of the Saturday was born, which was uh, <laughs> a, a, a Scottish centre-half called Alistair Robertson. I mean, I could have been Cyril so at the end of the day, so <laughs> a lot, it could have been a lot worse. But, um, yeah, so I was born in 77, uh, named after Alistair Robertson, and then my dad took me to Albion in 1981. Uh, the Halford Lane stand, as he's now, was built in 1981. And no, was, no one else has ever sat in my seat in a league game at that at that ground. So in 41 years, we had a season. Uh, I think 10 home games in 41 years. It's my passion. It's my life. Um, apart from my three kids who have unfortunately got season tickets because they've been very naughty as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it, it's it's something that's that's been a passion of mine from from day dot, really. So, yeah, it's uh, when something happens to it, you protect what you love, don't you? That's what, of, that's, that's uh, what you do. Of course. If if my son had been a daughter, I wanted to call her Crystal Patricia Alice, so she would have been Crystal P. Alice. <laughs> but, uh, Mrs. Day put her foot down about that, as she did about calling him Zippity-Doodah, because I thought Zippity-Doodah Day would be a great name. <laughs> Um, Alistair, um, it's, this is all very entertaining. But unfortunately, West Brom have been cropping up on the pod with uh, alarming frequency recently, yes. especially in relation to loans from the club, relationship with auditors, just news just this week of a new loan being taken from the club. Before we talk about the aims of action for Albion, was there one specific incident that led you to set up the group or was it an accumulation of things that led you as a group of fans to think, we need we need to step up now, put our head above the parapet. 
Yeah, okay. So, I mean, uh, thanks for the question, and I'll, I'll try to answer as honestly as I can. I can't speak for the rest of the, the guys, but I, I suppose I, I, as the founder of it, it was after mm. Millwall. It was after the Millwall game um, eight weeks ago. On the, uh, Just before the game, the Daily Mail released the article about the MSD loan that um, suggested at the time. Um, and we were on a terrible run of form, but Steve Bruce was in charge. We had two horrible seasons, really, under Ishmael and Bruce. And there was a just a general apathy towards everything West Brom, including myself. And as I just sort of like to articulate, West Brom's my life. And I, I remember losing the last minute at Millwall away, and I wasn't bothered. Uh, and I just, uh, I just think you get to a point then. And I, I got home, and as I say, I'm, I'm I'm going through a separation and stuff. So I got home, sat down, and I thought I was in my bedroom on my own, thinking, why am I not bothered? And I'm not bothered because we got browbeaten into. Defeat. We'd just become to accept mediocrity. We, we, West Brom were the the blueprint of how to run a successful lower to mid um, Premier League club back in the early two thousand and tens. And we and people used to look at us and go, "Wow, look at them! They're doing the, they're doing it right." So in in a decade, it's just how far backward we've become. So I, I put a I put a WhatsApp sort of tweet out to a couple of lads that are, are prominent on Twitter. Um, and it just sort of snowballed, and within sort of two weeks, we'd got like a thousand followers and two hundred people in a WhatsApp group and things like that. And and then we we, we decided what we decided with, with with the group we were going to do something different rather than just be an, an angry mob. And I'm I'm not taking I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing to do to, but we wanted to bring structure and, and plan to to the, to what we're trying to do and and try to do it differently by targeting people like yourselves and put our untold story out there. So that was the reasoning behind Action for Albion and how it started, Kevin. I hope I've answered that as fully as I could. Yeah, you, you have, you have, Alistair. I, I have to say, talking about how well run a club you were, I, I sort of had forgiven you now for the great escape because it was us that you sent down, which is a... <laughs> and also Valeria and Ishmael is, is certainly high in the top five of the worst players I've ever seen at <clears throat> Sellers Park. I was in the top five of the worst managers I've ever seen as well. So. <laughs> what what are the aims of action for Albion, Alistair, and what are your methods? Okay, so um, the, the, I'll answer the method thing first. So, the, Firstly, we will always be planned, structured and legal in absolutely everything we do. We don't see any change in that in the near or long-term future and there will be a long-term future of action for Albion because we, we've got a body now that we want to continue whatever happens to the football club. So whatever we do will be plans legal. We, we, we will not condone or encourage anything that does that. Um, but the, 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 the main focus is to try to get our story out there and story heard and having people like yourselves on board and giving us a platform to be able to, to showcase the story. I was talking to some very uh, established in- investigative journalists over the last six weeks, and, and one of them said to me privately, "This is the biggest untold story in football." Wow! And, uh, and I, I genuinely do believe that there's there's so many things that are red flags, Kevin. You would not believe. I mean, I, I'm not going to. It's too, too long to go into it throughout this podcast, but there's there's that much. And Kieran and I spoke privately as well. It's just a scary, scary situation that we're in, and. To be, for being one of the founder members of the Football League, to be in this precarious situation after having 20 years of consecutive Premier League money, it's, just, it, it's incomprehensible. I just don't know how it's happened. 
Kieran, can I bring you in here? Because um, there's, a, there's a chance that this interview will be listened to separately by a lot of our listeners rather than as part of the main pod. Could you, as briefly as possible, sum up uh, the, the situation at West Brom, in, in particular with regard to the money that's been taken out of the club? Um, yes. Uh, when uh, the, the former owner, Jeremy Peace, uh, sold the club to Goucher and Live, which was, was that 2013, 2014? Uh, 2016. 2016. 2016, sorry. Um, he, he borrowed money from the club to, uh, he, he previously borrowed money from the club to, to buy some shares. Um, and he then sold all of his shareholding to Goucher and Lai. I, I believe he now lives in the Channel Islands. Yes. Um, what he did is perfectly legal. Um, but he sold effectively 88% of the shares to Gouch and Lai. Um, he borrowed money effectively from the club to buy shares, which he then sold. I presume he sold those at a profit. That loan does not appear to have been repaid by Jeremy Peace. So, so that's yeah, that's outstanding for six years. Um, then we had Gouch and Lai himself uh, borrow money via one of his companies, and he borrowed just under £5 million. That was supposed to have been repaid uh, mid to late 2022. Then there came uh, a notice that um, he, he wasn't in a position to repay it, and it was to be repaid by the 31st of December 2022. And there was also talk about West Bromwich Albion paying him a dividend of £5 million, which would allow him to repay the loan of £5 million. We're not quite sure what's happened in respect of that dividend, but we do know uh, because the club put out a, I think it's a, a brief um, and very ambivalent statement on New Year's Eve to say the the money due from Gouch and Lai has not been repaid and it will be repaid in, and I quote, early 2022. Mm. Now, the word early okay. is, just... yep. Sorry, can I just add a couple of things? Uh, just to, just to uh, Kieran, that was a really good summary, but it was actually March 21 was the first time he was supposed to have paid the money back. Oh, wow. Um, because okay. the, the, the accounts came out in June 22, and it would have, if it was March 22, there wouldn't have been in that account. So it was March 21 when the, the loan was supposed to have been paid back. Because of COVID pandemic, he said he couldn't pay it back, and he's going to pay it back by the end of this year. And as I say... Um, he hasn't paid it back as yet. So I just wanted to, to just clarify that point. It was March 21, not March 22. Sorry, Kieran. That's right. Kieran, that, that repayment was supposed to include interest as well, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's £50,000 worth 50, of interest 000. on a right. almost £5 million loan, which uh, yeah. who, whoever's negotiated those borrowing terms has done a fantastic job. Um, yeah, very much so. And, yeah. and hats off to them. Whoever's negotiated those terms on behalf of the club hasn't. Well, when you consider that the new loan of MSD, we're going to be paying eight million pounds interest on a twenty million pound loan. He's paying fifty thousand pounds back on a five million pound loan that he's taken from our football club. But when he's want, when it wants to come to borrowing money, we're paying eight million pounds on a twenty million pound loan that we are oh. borrowing. Well, Alistair, thank you for that, Kieran. Um, you told told us about your aims, Alistair, but what are your methods? Okay, so we, we've done a few things, um, starting with uh, China Light. So we, we we wanted to try to get things, and it's the same with 
with any campaign, really, you try to to get the most reaction from the least sort of input that people have to do. So we wanted to try and find things that were easy to do and easy to tag along with. So and it's a look it's a marketing wet beam, isn't it? Really, Let's shine a light on WBA where we've. Um, so we we decided to approach up minute twelve, which obviously that highlights the twelve million pounds that have been factually stated in our accounts that Guacho and Loy and, and the shareholder owes West Bromwich Albion. So we figured it around 12 minutes and all our protests are around 12 minutes to signify 12 million. So we've done a few things. We've done uh, Shine a Light and that continues to be very popular. I think there was the one against Reading um, was fantastic. Obviously, we're doing it into the second half when it's lighter because it has more effect in the evening. Um, yeah. And that yeah. is basically just on the 12th minute of the second half or the first half, whatever we see fit, the, the, we ask the crowd to just shine a light. And it's been, it's been a lucky omen, really. We've scored that, that many goals around the 57th minute. <laughs> it's, really, it's, been, it's been bad. It's not, honestly, I think the last four, three or four home games, we've scored goals in or around that, that 57th minute. So that's been really popular and well received. We've also done a white paper protest just to highlight um, it, 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 there's absolutely nothing apart from just to highlight something a, pro, a protest that hopefully would resonate with in China and, and cause embarrassment in China to to our controlling shareholder. Uh, and we've also done a whistle protest because we, we understand as a as a culture that that, that whistles are frowned upon. It's it's it, it, it's just to try to highlight to uh, a wider audience that what we do, what what is happening at the football club's wrong. And and we did then a protest, a full protest outside the Alfred Lane stand on uh, Monday after the game that was seen by, I don't know whether you've seen it, but it was probably a good two to three thousand there. That's not me being sort of over-optimistic. I think that's genuinely what was there. And I was so proud because I'll, I'll be honest, lads. I was I, I was bricking it. To be fair, I, I, I wanted. <laughs> we, we've carried we've carried the plight of everything has to be legal and above board. But you know what it can be like after a game with a, a load of lads. But testament to every single person that went to that protest. It was it was loud, but it was just brilliantly well behaved and, and very cordial and and positive and as positive as it could be. With regards. <laughs> Yeah, I understand there was some slight unease from a couple of fans, Alistair, um, yes. around your plans to spend uh, no money on catering or merchandise in the stadium in case that affected uh, jobs yeah. uh, for West Brom staff. Is that correct? I, I, I think that's a fair assumption. And as I say, we're a new organisation and we're learning on the job. We're, we're doing this as a voluntarily basis. Um, and we listen to people and we understood the concerns and we reneged and, and sort of sparked that protest because at the end of the day, we're a fans group. We want to do what the fans ask us to. So people came and approached us and made those points. And I'll be absolutely honest, you hold your hands up when you when you could do something slightly different. And I think that's where you where you grow strength by saying, well, we're listening, we're listening to people and that you've made a fair point. So we'll, we'll park that and we'll, we'll move on because actually thinking about it in hindsight, it was probably the incorrect way to go but at the time we just wanted to do something and we thought that might be a, a good start but as I say we're learning all the time so we will always listen to our fan base and listen to people that, that, that rule us which are, which are the fans and we'll talk to them but we'll, we, we will always always be structured and legal that will never change if anybody asks us to run on the pitch believe me you don't want me to streak that'd be the worst thing <laughs> Uh, we won't be doing that, but I mean, like anything that's uh, legal and, and carries 
some sort we listen to every single every single protest we've done has come from the WhatsApp group from fans that we have involved. Yeah, I I, I notice um, with pleasure that your manager has uh, treated you with with great respect and and uh, talked about respecting the fans' views. Have you had any communication at all with the controlling shareholder Gauchan Lai or the chief executive or or anybody in a in a public capacity from the club? Have they responded in any way? No, sadly not. I mean, as I say, so first and foremost, we haven't put this across. One of the the taglines on our badges support the support the team, not the board. Yeah, um, and it's absolutely massively important that we support the team. It's not anybody's fault on the field. So our message will always be consistent about supporting the team, and we do, and we support the team for the ninety minutes we're there, even during the minute of the protest. We still supporting the team. With reference to the communication that you asked me, we sent an open email to Ron Gourlay's um, PA um, asking last week. Um, we, we, we just cannot understand why there's so much silence. We're reasonable people. We all want the best for West Bromwich Albion. And we've, I've been on national radio, I've been on local radio, radio pleading, just sit down and talk to us and communicate. I actually, I've said this to Kieran myself, I actually think Ron Gourlay, with this MSD loan, has made the least worst option that he could possibly do. You have to put things into context. Ron Gourlay wasn't in here, in the club when the loans were taken out from from West Brom to Wisdom. He wasn't there. So as a CEO, he has to deal with what's going to bring the club forward. What happened in the past, he he wasn't here. So as a CEO, he's got a, 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 a sort of set of cards that he's got to use, make the best hand possible. And personally, I mean, not for action for Albin, I think he's probably made the least worst option by taking the loan out. Once At the end of the day, when we were discussing this loan, we were bottom of the league. So the likelihood of us going in a different league would have been the other way, not in the Premier League. He wasn't to foresee we were going to win eight from nine in his wildest dreams. I'd guess that when he made the manager change, he wouldn't have thought that. So he has to work on what's the worst case scenario for the football club. And that would have been possibly League One. So... I can sort of understand where he's coming from with regards to making the choice that he made with regards to the MSD loan. What we need to understand and what we can't understand is the communication that he is sadly lacking. If he'd have come out and told us why, yeah. uh, and, and this is the reasons why, I think there would have been a lot less anger at the fan base, but it's just the burying head in the sands, Kevin. You know what I mean? It's just the will not talk to us, and it's just like sort of – it's ran like a, a communist state, it really is. They just do not want to listen to anything we've said, uh, it, no matter how polite we've been. And, and that's a sad state of affairs with the customers at the end of the day of the football club. Uh, it's just incredible that they just won't talk to us. I, I, I get the wrong always being led up the garden path as well. I do. Please talk to us. That's all we ask. This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. A notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer.
You can try Notion for free when you go to Notion.com slash Price of Football. That's all lowercase letters, Notion.com slash Price of Football, and start turning ideas into action. That's Notion.com slash Price of Football. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insights, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. it's not just a lack of communication it's a lack of acknowledgement as well it's it's and also it's not learning from history because we've seen so many times on a pod Oldham is the latest example what happens to decent ordinary fans when you refuse to talk to them they get angry and things get worse exactly I mean there's absolutely this could be a special season for West Brom it's madness that the the polar opposites of on and off the pitch couldn't be more stark. I mean, on the pitch, this could be a really special season. We we were bottom in eight weeks ago when we started all this. I'm not taking the I'm not taking the acclaim for us. <laughs> I think that's got a little bit more to do with Carlos Corber and the action for Albion. But we were bottom when we started this. We were rock bottom of the league, and and now we're a point off the playoffs. We've won eight out of nine, and we look really good team. So on the pitch. Fantastic. So wouldn't it be great for us all to be able to get together and give it a final push? But the powers that be aren't letting that happen. And that's such a shame. And we want that more than anything. We really do. Honestly, we don't want to protest. We don't want to. But we're in a position, we're backed into a corner where we have to because we genuinely believe they're not the club or the people that own the club aren't acting in its best interests. And, and that's what, as fans... We should, we should all, it shouldn't be a demand, it should be a given that people will act yeah. the best interest. Well, this is going to sound like an odd question in that context, Alison, but does it make things better or worse for you that the team are actually playing so well at the moment? Does it mean that fans are more galvanised or do you think you'd be more effective if, if you were still at the bottom of the table? I think at the end of the day, every West Bromwich Albion fan goes to a game wanting West Brom to win the game. Of so, course, of course. So, so, so I will never, ever, ever say that being winning on the pitch is a bad thing. It's not. It's a fantastic thing. It's actually given us more credibility, I believe, personally, because we're getting gaining momentum. We've now got 5,000 followers. I'm saying about 1,000. We've now got 5,000 followers on social media. Um, and that's grown because probably, and I'm going to, our own trumpet here, the way that we've conducted ourselves, yeah. but also yeah. uh, of the revelations week after week that just seems to be consistently bad news. So to, to grow where we have uh, in a 
positive on the pitch experience shows that, that our, our message is getting across to what I'll call the silent majority, the 17,000 season ticket holders, uh, that we really need to jump on board and say, look, if you really want to have a season ticket in the next two or three years, we need to back down. Yeah, looking ahead, Alistair, uh, there, there is a fear. I wonder if you share this because Gauchan Lai uh, said all along that he would repay uh, this five point, this four point nine five million plus interest on the first of January, so it'd be available for transfers. The parachute money runs out at the end of this season. Is is there a fear that this lack of communication actually hides a real worry about the financial situation that the club will find itself in come the summer? Unless of, course you're, unless, of course, you're promoted, in which case all bets are off. Yeah, well, possibly. I actually think the, the short term, the MSD loan has protected the the, the, the structure for the for the next 12 months. But again, it's, it's a bit like going into a casino and putting your ice keys on black, really. I mean, it, it is. it does seem that stark to me. I mean, we are actually toying with the institution of West Bromwich Albion's future, I think, doing what we've done. As I say, I thought... I, Whatever position we were in and how we got there, I think Dorley made probably the least worst option, as I've said. The questions need to be asked. I'm dreading the accounts coming out mm-hmm. this time. Bear in mind, we're always 18 months behind. So the the, the accounts last time were, were like a car crash, and that was in the Premier League. So God only knows what it's going to be. I, I will say, with due the end of March, I'd be, Kevin, Kevin, I'm sure you'll agree, I'd be absolutely staggered if they're coming the end of March. I would have thought there'll be another delay because there'll be yet another auditor. So we've had six different auditors in six times because in the last one, Price Waterhouse Coopers said they will never deal with us ever again. Yeah. So yeah. There's lots and lots of red flags. I mean, we also, we, we, we need to point out this £20 million loan hasn't gone to West Bromwich Albion Football Club. It's gone to West Bromwich Albion Holdings. And excuse me for being a little bit nervous yeah. of not yeah. trusting what, what John Lai and our controlling shareholder says when he's on about paying money into our account because it seems to never appear when it says it's going to appear. So, look, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm sure it will. But there is still a nervousness that it actually isn't in West Brom Bank account yet. The charge is on the football club, but it's not in West Brom Bank account. It's not the money as yet. So, I mean, there is there is genuine concern about that as well, to be honest. I mean, I've had a few yeah. people raise that with me already, but that, that is just assuming that it comes into West Brom, which I'm sure it will, but it hasn't as yet. Kieran, before my last, last question to Alistair, I will bring you in here about the extraordinary succession of auditors that's happened at the club. I mean, we talked about the... PwC uh, episode on the pod recently. I mean, that's that's a very, very big, very red flag, isn't it, that one, surely? It, it is. Um, the auditors are there to uh, effectively review the accounts to make sure that there's nothing untowards in them. And um, it, it's all, it, you know, in business, it's all about relationships. So you, you aim to have a good professional working relationship. If there are disagreements between the auditor and the client, ultimately, it's the client paying the auditor's fees. And what the auditor will normally say is, I cannot work under these circumstances. Quite often, it's due to the company pushing things a bit too far. You know, try, you know, we, you know, I, we, we often joke about creative accounting on, on the show. But there, there's things that you can do, and then there's things which are taking the mickey. Um, when, when you move into that latter sphere, that's when the auditors would normally consider their opinion. It's their reputation. It's, it's their rubber stamp uh, on, on the audit report that's important. And if they feel that they cannot, in all honesty, sign off the accounts, 
the the politic thing to do is to resign and make it somebody else's is issue um, because you don't want to fall out with clients. So it reflects badly on any organisation to have a, a merry-go-round in terms of auditing uh, changes. And would you be as surprised as Alistair if West Brom's accounts were published on time? Um, I would be very surprised, yeah, because A, who's going to audit them? Oh, right. um, and B... If if I was if I was Ron Gourlay, um, and I appreciate that he's you know, as, as Alistair said, he's he's not he's, he's only director of the football club. He's, he's he was director of one of the uh, higher up companies, and and there's so many companies that are are doing the rounds because there's there's West Bromwich Albion Football Club, and then there's the West Bromwich Albion Group, and it used to be controlled by West Bromwich Albion Holdings. But now we've got another company which has appeared in Jersey called WBAFC Holdings. Why? You know, there's there's too many of these strange things happening. So given the clubs tended to leave everything until the last minute, um the you you get a you get a hundred pound fine for or a thousand pound fine for, for being late with submitting your accounts. You can see them going down that route. Alistair, one final question, if I may. We we talk on the pod quite a lot about the, the golden day when we don't have to do the pod anymore because uh, the world of football finance is fair and equitable. What what will it take for Action for Albion to no longer exist? Okay, so I think I think um, yeah, fairly similar. The utopia would be we want we wouldn't want to be here either. You know, I mean, it's uh, we want all we want. The mission statement when we started the the, the, the movements off was for the. The custodians of the football club, whoever they may be, to act in the best interest of the football club at all times. And until we get that, we will continue to to have a voice and we will protect the institution of West Bromwich Albion. That's the important thing. They're not, they don't own the soul of our club. They own the, the assets to it. But the institution of West Bromwich Albion will never go away. Whatever happens, even if the worst case scenario the institution of West Bromwich Albion will, will never go away. Just with regards to very final point, what I wanted to make about the directors, if I can. Um, just, just have a look, guys, anybody. that We've got a board of directors of one in West Bromwich Albion Holdings, and we've got a board of directors of one in WBAFC Holdings. And they're both from... Uh, China. One's called Henry Pugh, I think, and the other one is Zuki, which is and everyone knows as Ken. There's actually those are the only people on the board mm-hmm. of a football club of a founder member of the football league. That uh, we go back to the the, the football needing governance, uh, and this is just not just a West Brom thing; it's a football wide thing. This has to happen because there's too many horrible horror stories of what's going on up and down the league. We're probably the biggest case. And I'll, I'll just I'll just leave this very very just to put any Albion fan or anybody into context if they if they think that we're, we're not talking about the dangers that West Brom are in. West Brom were bought for what's reported to be north of two hundred million pounds in two thousand sixteen. Um, there's questions whether we were ever worth that. But when people look at a look at let's say down the road at Birmingham and look at the mess that they're in that we get like oh we're not as bad as them. Well, Blues were bought for about thirty million quid and they're worth about thirty million quid. West Brom were bought for two hundred million pounds north of, yeah. and what are we worth now? Thirty-five, forty million, absolute best. So, who's in the bigger mess, guys? That's that. that that's, yeah. I just want to put that point across. People think that we're banging a drum that doesn't need banging. It needs banging and loudly. So that's why we are so passionate in what we do. 
Well, it's it's not ideal, Alistair, is it? If the best you can say is we're not doing as badly as a club down the road, but exactly, we, we, we always say, Alistair, that there are two sides for every story. We don't mean it. <laughs> but, uh, we we say it because we're grown ups, and if anybody is listening from West Brom, if Ron Gourlay is listening, or anybody else, we would absolutely love to hear your response. In the meantime, Alistair, and I say this in the nicest possible way, I hope we never have to speak again. Yeah, um, and, 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 unless unless we're we're playing you in the FA Cup, yeah, uh, and we can talk about Kieran and Brighton and Brighton yeah. doing. Terribly yeah. in the Premier League, which is so annoying. Uh, but in the meantime, Alistair, we wish you all the best with your campaign. If if things do change, we will hopefully talk to you again. But hopefully, by the end of the season, you'll be resolved. And who knows in the Premier League, and things will be as happy on the pitch as they are off. In the meantime, we wish you all the best, mate. Love to meet you at Crystal Palace for a point if we get promoted. Eh? That's a deal, mate. So definitely, well, or, well, or, if, or if we get relegated, yeah, either way. Yeah. But you know. <laughs> I mean, Kieran, it, it seems strange. We're talking about a club that, that as Alistair said many times, was was a, almost a byword for how to keep a, a medium-sized club in the Premier League and keep it financially safe. And now, the thing that worries me most, Kieran, is as you mentioned, there's now s- several different com- companies with the word West Brom in them. You're absolutely right. And, and fair play to Alistair for, for, for highlighting this and also dealing with it in, in the right way. Um, you know, being organised, non-violent, direct action, um, focusing on the owner, um, not letting the, the the worries about the the fan base have impact upon the way that they're supporting the club, um, and, and anything which can continue to to highlight the uh, the lack of governance and the lack of transparency that we're getting at West Brom at, at present has got to be applauded. And uh, hats off to him. Yeah, literally shining a light and blowing the whistle on shenanigans is the only word we could use, Kieran. Thank you to everyone who's donated to Pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution as well, that would be very kind of you. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash priceoffootball. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com and we shall be back on Monday with our usual questions pod. Bye-bye. Bye. The Price of Football. I'm for the